0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a very special episode of the Vile Files special because my friend, Rachel is back for i don't think like the third or fourth time on this show
1: yeah it's at least three at least three
0: you're so special i just I, wanted you in the intro we don't always do an intro oh gosh, with our, our guests so um and we have a great episode so we won't spend too much time but i needed you here because i have a story about my cindy okay my house assistant mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know i you know i've had cindy's been on my instagram i haven't People have been asking what's up with Cindy. I haven't posted her as much recently. I asked, Once why yes. throw 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 her out there. Cindy is essentially my house assistant. Uh, she is a family friend mm-hmm. um, who is an assistant by trade. Like she's she's assisted for the rich and I think famous over the years. And she's a family <laughs> friend. And and so when I when I hired her, to be like, and she's my neighbor. Essentially, oh. she like lives down the road. So when I bought my house. Like Cindy is just Cindy Cindy's, you know, so like when I, when I bought my house and she's like, she's the person who knows everyone. Like my real estate agent, I got through Cindy and my real estate agent was awesome. And she knows all these people. She's got a guy for this and a guy for that. And overall, Cindy, wonderful. She's like family, okay. even though she's a pain in my ass. But like Cindy does what Cindy wants to do, you know, and Cindy is not afraid to just say what's on her when I bought my house, she came, I bought the house. Mm-hmm. Biggest purchase of my life by a mile. Mm-hmm. Like I was mm-hmm. proud of myself. It was kind of like I fuck, I I made it. Like, okay. Yeah. And Cindy walks in, having not seen my house, and goes, I don't think there's enough storage. And <laughs> Jeez. I mean, cut right. Like, Are you to the fucking chain. kidding me, Cindy? <laughs> and <laughs> and like Cindy has like full reign. Like mm-hmm. she has keys to the house. Mm-hmm. She she, she, I don't even like, I don't even know how to have a house assistant. She was like, I'm just going to do what I want to do and she just assigned. Full creative she control. She has starting. full creative yeah. control and <laughs> like, she also is the type of person who, she just has no problem being like, Nick, you know what I think you need to do? And you
2: need that type of person in your life. And she's the reason you have Jeff. Yeah. Is she, she not? Is? She, she is the reason you have Jeff. She
0: is the reason I have Jeff. Again, I just want to make it clear. Cindy is a net positive but what she is a, she's a unique and sometimes we'll like go at it sometimes because she'll just like you need show up in my and she'll just be there and and then when she does something wrong as we get in our a mediation call today she gives a very dismissive like sorry and just like I don't go fuck kind of thing I
1: love it I love it you know there's a certain age you reach where you can do that
0: so alright I've set this table for, for Cindy okay. for Christmas and one thing that's great about Natalie is she she's like we hit. Ha- I've become a much better gift giver to other people because of Natalie. Allie got sick. Natalie sent her sent a care me a package. Whole care package. It was all Natalie. I had nothing to do with it. And it was the good, good. It was amazing.
2: I have never felt cooler than when, like, the Instacart shopper was like, "Order for Natalie," and I was like, "That's me."
0: <laughs> <laughs> and C- so C- Natalie's like, "Cindy, what do you want for Christmas?" And Cindy goes, "I have a, I love Brooklinen do a lot of work with Brooklyn and I mm-hmm. think they're amazing. I love them. Cindy's like, "I want the I want some Brooklyn and loungewear." And Nally, to her credit was like, "Nick, I got the rest. Handle this." Okay. I don't care if you buy it, reach out to Brooklyn and whatever. I'm terrible. I'm not good with this shit. I dropped the ball. I didn't reach out. So we went Christmas shopping and we got her And not I'll get her I'll get her to her some other time. Like You got her
1: not Brooklyn I
0: got her not Brooklyn and. I, we got her, like, this really nice robe and, like, the sweatshirt and Uggs. And, like, I don't know, we spent some money. And I found out yesterday that Cindy came home and she handed Natalie uh, a gift card and said, I returned what you gave me from Christmas. Here's the gift card. And Natalie goes, well, I don't, that was for you. I don't, we don't want the gift card. And Cindy with a straight face goes, I asked for Brooke Lennon. <laughs> it's just a woman who knows what she wants. <laughs> and I was like, is that insane? <laughs> or do we
2: respect it? Well, how did, how did Natalie feel? Because I feel like she was the one who like kind of went out there, was very thoughtful oh, with this gift. Cindy. So like, I was it, Nat, did Natalie feel hurt by
0: it? Hurt? No, I think because we know Cindy. But we were, I think she was taken back. And she kind of was like, we have to get Cindy Brooke Lennon loungewear. I'm,
1: um, I'm sorry. I'm with Cindy. She listened, she was very clear. She said exactly it's like when somebody has a registry and you buy them something that's not on the registry. I didn't ask for that. I took the time to tell you exactly what it is that I want. And then you still go out. I didn't ask for this. So take your money. I don't need all of this. I'm just simply asking for something I love. She wanted a gift that she is going to use. Rather than be wasteful, she said, Here you go. I'm all for it. I love a straight shooter. You know, is, is Cindy want a moonlight? A what? Does she want a moonlight and come work for me?
0: She probably do you, <laughs> She probably would.
1: <laughs> She'd be great. She <laughs> splits I not know time. I have put two offers on you. houses in your neighborhood and I keep losing. I just oh. found out I lost on one today. I'm very I'm sad sorry. about that. I know. I love your I love your neighborhood.
0: I overall appreciate the honesty and mm. I honestly don't mind it at all. But I do feel like s- some people would just be
2: yeah, I think it's it's very different coming from like a woman in her 60s versus like, exactly. I feel like if I did that to someone, it'd be like, all right, calm exactly. down, sweetheart. Like be grateful. But like Cindy is like someone who knows what she wants. <laughs> and
1: you have to appreciate that because you're never going to have to wonder with Cindy. Like you're always going to know exactly where you stand and exactly how she feels. And oh, that. Yeah, and I, I think there is something beautiful about that because you never have to assume, you know? I don't know. I I like people like that in my life.
0: I mean, she's a value add. It's also
2: very funny that she got the gift card. Like, I really like the way she approached it, where she was Not like, I'm going to return
1: it, get the gift card, and then give it back. She didn't donate it. She didn't let it just sit in the corner. You she didn't, didn't give it away.
0: I asked, she goes, I asked for Brooke Linen.
1: <laughs> I love it. Love her. Short, to the point.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, we have a great episode for you with Rachel talking about her books and pop culture and mediation call. It's all wonderful coming up in moments. Don't forget to send in your questions at CastMedia.com, Cast with a K for your questions, whether it's mediation or for Ask Nick episodes. Rachel, how are you?
1: I'm really good. So
0: nice to see you again. It's
1: good to see you too.
0: How's the book tour or long Is it a tour? Did you do the tour? I, well, like, because- what, how's that work?
1: Because of Omicron, I was supposed to do a New York press tour in person, and then it got switched to virtual. So I did everything from my house, which was, I mean, it was great to do certain shows, but it was, it sucked because I wish I could have been there in person. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I've been getting a great response from the book, and that's been really nice. I've kind of put things on hold now just because of everything that happened. But I mean, it's been, it's, it is so nerve wracking. If you ever write a book, just because you are, Equally excited, but scared at how people will respond, and if people uh-huh. from your past will come up and have something to say. Like I've actually had talks. Do you use
0: with, real names? Because you use from, names.
1: I use real names for Bachelor people. I used fake, fake names use, for my past. Okay, that's
0: what I was curious about. Because Bachelor people, are like whatever. Exactly. Um, we're not <laughs>
1: fake names for <from laughs> my past. We're not real people. And I change no. like cities and stuff just to protect them because I don't need yeah, yeah. anyone coming back. And I've actually had to have conversations with exes.
0: Did you warn anyone? Because
1: yeah, the exes that I talked to, I told them.
0: Before the book came out. Mm-hmm.
1: Be like, mm-hmm. you're like, in it, but I, was I changed it. your name. Because I've been writing it since 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I told them that they were in it. It's like, maybe you should pick up a copy. And it's funny too, because two of them have daughters. And so now, mm-hmm. and I'm like, have asked them questions about, are you going to talk to your daughters a certain way? Like knowing how you were with women, maybe you should read this chapter. It's been, really, it's been really interesting conversations that have come out, but you're scared because you just don't know how people will respond to you because you're being so vulnerable in a way you never have been for- before. You know, in Bachelor world, you're in a bubble. So you only know what I give you in the Bachelor world. Like these are my friends. These are, this is who I'm dating. It's not housewives where you see you know, a peek into my real life. And I wrote re- peak, just my whole real life. With the book, you are seeing my real life. You're seeing how I was when I was younger. You're seeing my vulnerabilities, my insecurities, my fears, all of that. I'm putting it out there. So it's a—it's uh, the hardest thing I've ever done.
0: Did you have any positive conversations with some of the gentlemen that you were critical of from your past? <gasps> critical is a strong word, Nick. I, I don't mean critical <laughs> in a bad way, but like… You criticized some bad behavior. Yeah,
1: and I called out some of my own. So two of my exes I've spoken with, and we had beautiful conversations about it. You know, one told me he was like, "Yeah, I was pretty accurate in what you said," and then apologized to me. And I was like, "You don't have to apologize." At some, with one of my exes, I feel like I held him to an um, an impossible standard, and he said, "No, I want to apologize. I have daughters now. I." regret the way that I was. It was tough for me to read that because what you were saying was true. I knew better. I wasn't doing better. But now that I'm raising women, I feel completely awful. Like, I I feel it in a different way. So, yeah, really positive conversations.
0: A, a lot of, of this book is, well, actually, all of this book is really just... Uh, like a, like a memoir about your your life. You yeah, go, in essay format. Yeah, you go back and you talk about, you know, I love how you started about like what Rachel wanted at 18, 30, and things like that. So shallow. Um, But clearly, this must have been very reflective.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Brooke Lennon. Cindy loves Brooke Lennon. I love Brooke Lennon. She won't accept any gifts. If you buy a gift, Cindy, <laughs> Brooke is so awesome that when you buy someone a really nice gift, they return it back and say, I asked for Brooklinen. True story, that happened to me. So just get them Linen. They have it all. bed sheets, duvet covers, comforters, towels, bath towels, robes, the most comfortable loungewear you could possibly have. Brooklinen has no shortage of savings on all things comforts to celebrate your extra day of lounge. That's right. Cast your vote for the comfort with Brooklyn's President's Day sale. Save on their fan favorite collections of coziness and celebrate your... Off time with a new level of relaxation. High quality at reasonable prices. Brooklyn, they have it all. We've named it. You love it. I can't say enough about how amazing Brooklyn it is. I truly, truly do love them. Uh, don't sleep on savings. Brooklyn's President's Day sale is right around the corner. Are you listening after the sale? Well, that's okay. You still can get the deals of your dreams at brooklyn.com with promo code V I A L L. That's B R O O K L I N E com. Code V-I-A-L-L. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and we are so thankful that they are because we are huge advocates of taking care of your mental health. It's just as important as any other aspect of your wellness you're taking care of, you know, whether it's your dietary habits, your exercise, treat yourself to good mental health. And no matter what, whatever you're stressed out, money, work, relationships, I don't know, the end of the world, COVID, you know, you don't need a reason to have anxiety or worries. Sometimes we, people like us, we just have them. They just float into our brains. We don't know what to do with them. Well, the good news is people at helped you, and they can help you work through some of these uh, challenges and these ruminating thoughts that are holding you down. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. They make it easier and free to change therapists if you need. You take a quick uh, test when you go to betterhelp.com. Uh, an assessment to, you know, what are you looking for? They align you with a person, get the benefit from better help like so many other people have. Visit betterhelp.com slash V-I-A-L-L-F-I-L-E-S. That's betterhelp.com slash VialFiles. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And we have a special offer for Vilefile listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash VialFiles. What? has writing this book if anything taught you about um yourself and the world in general i mean like does it change your perspective on anything
1: it didn't change my perspective on the world but i wanted maybe to change people's perspective of me when i wrote the book because i feel like they think that's they,
0: a tough goal
1: they well, at yeah, least anywhere, understand I, me right you know like understand me a little bit better like people say, oh, she's always stronger. She's so opinionated. She's always got something to say. She's defensive. She's complaining. Well, I think if you read these, the book and you see how I grew up or how I struggled with identity as a young kid and then you know how I came into my own and certain experiences that I've had, you understand why I ended up going on The Bachelor, doing Bachelorette, saying yes, and why I've continued to speak out against certain things that I don't necessarily agree with, not because I just love to disagree, but because I'm, you know, a champion of inclusivity. Mm -hmm. And that's really why I originally said yes to being The Bachelorette, like the main overarching reason. But I, I don't think it changed my perspective on anything, but I felt like it was very therapeutic for me to write it. And I did learn certain things as I was writing it, especially in regards to therapy, helped me deal with maybe some family issues, relationship issues, and I have a whole chapter in there about mental health but as i was writing about bachelor it's interesting to write when you're completely detached from the show like i'm deta- i don't watch it i don't podcast on it and so i can see things cuz my head is out of the clouds or you know i'm not i'm not caught up in the the journey or anything like that and so some things i was writing i was like wow you know i thought i'm the first black bachelorette and this is absolutely amazing and it is and it's such an honor and it's such a privilege to be this but then I realized it wasn't just for me I was also doing the show a favor a favor because in 15 years they hadn't had a person of color in this role. So it was equally important for me as it was for them, but for different reasons. And so you see me kind of go through that and and yeah it helped me in a lot of ways, but also I was helping them in a lot of ways too. So I it was really therapeutic for me to go through that thought thought process as I was detaching myself from the franchise.
0: Do you think uh, do you feel any gratitude? from their franchise? Oh, on that absolutely. Side. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I used to always say I have a love-hate relationship with the show because yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say the show gave me everything that I have. The show changed my life. Absolutely. But if the show gave me everything, then everybody would come off this show and do exactly every single thing that they wanted to do. Not everybody does that. But the show gives you an opportunity. And the show helped me in a lot of ways. I'm always talking about how if you really dive into the show, you really come out knowing exactly who you are and exactly what you want because you're talking about your feelings and your desires and you're detached from all the distractions in real life. And the only thing that's normal to you or real to you from that world into bachelor world is you and your thoughts and your desires and the goals that you have for yourself. So if you take that and learn from that and really tap into that, you come out, I think, a better person. That's why a lot of people get in relationships right after the show is over with.
0: Like a cleanse. Good or bad. You said what? It's like a cleanse. It's
1: like a cleanse. Yeah. And then you go back into the real world. So I got that from the show. And then of course, I've got opportunities and it was a platform and I met amazing people that have beautiful friendships on camera and off camera. But, you know, there are, there's a whole other side to it as well. Like, it's not, I'm not gonna just say it was all sunshine and blue skies, but absolutely, I have gratitude. And the show gave me a lot, but I'm not one of those people who's like, the show gave me everything. Like, I can't stand what no, people but do say. Do you think they
0: appreciate, do you feel their gratitude, like, of, for what you've done for the franchise or the show that you gave them? I get, that's what um, I meant. Oh, that was my question. Oh,
1: okay. Not like, do do I, you, are
0: you thankful? Like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I answered that. But no, but people do say to me… Are you thankful
0: for Mike Fleiss?
1: Well, no. People do say to me, like, you should shut up and just be grateful. The Bachelor gave you everything that you have. So I guess like that's why I was so eager to jump on that question. But do I feel their gratitude in ways? Yeah. I mean… I, for certain
0: people I think.
1: I yeah, and you know who I'm talking about. Even when I when the book came out, I received messages from higher-ups that were saying congratulations on this. I've said before like I'll joke like, "Oh, I know that you know I'm, you know, a pain to you." And they're like, "No, everything that you've done is to try to make us better." I I've never said the show should so you, be done. You,
0: you've uh, you've some higher-ups said that to you. Yeah.
1: That's good. And I and I said I've never said the show should go off the air. Because there's too many people that I love who still work on that show. But what I will say is, well, let's make it better. But sometimes the audience or particularly the side that can't stand me can't see that. I would never call for this show to end. But, you know, like, if I'm a part of something and I love something, then why not make it better?
0: You've done so much heavy lifting in the franchise relative to diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, all the things you just talked about. And then... As you've mentioned, you've you're you're out of it. You're working an extra. You have your higher learning podcast. Mm -hmm. You're not recapping like you don't even watch anymore. Mm -mm. And your hard work, the you know the trailblazing that you've done is seen on the screen now. It's great. Do you feel um, like you feel like you've gotten the appreciation uh, that you deserve from not only the viewers uh, or other, other cast people on and do you feel like the work that you've done is being carried on by anyone involved in batronation Nation or do you sometimes mm. worry there will be, they'll revert back to what they did because you're, you've been out of it and you've been such a spokesperson and you've been willing to speak up and take the heat that you knew you're, that you knew was coming. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked, when, mm-hmm. when I had you on, Mm-hmm. And we talked about Hannah Brown and we gave this thoughtful That's great <laughs> good conversation. <laughs> and like we we didn't even go after Hannah. And we Never kn- we knew, we both knew that we would get criticism and you would get most of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you did it anyways. Mm-hmm. And that moment is something that you repeated over and over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over and mm-hmm. over. And you took the heat, but like do you do you even pay attention from afar? Because there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and heavy lifting that you did that um, yeah. has anyone or a group of people have taken up on that to keep those conversations going.
1: Well, because I'm so detached, I wouldn't know. Yes and no. First part I will say about being appreciated is in the, same, the same reason that you and I had that podcast, which I thought was so great. I can remember doing it in my closet from a distance. Um, it was the height of, of uh, COVID at that time. I It was bigger than me, which is why I wanted to do it. It wasn't about how people would respond. It was what people needed to hear. And that has been my whole motivation for speaking out, you know, the way that I have. And so I never did anything to be appreciated. I was never looking for people to che- to cheer me on. I was just looking for people to want to see, to believe and want to do the, see the change that I wanted. So I really don't care about being appreciated. And I think you have to think that way if you're going to be so outspoken. You can't care good or bad what people think. You just have to do you. With the Bachelor Diversity Committee, I think that's a huge thing for a group of people who are fans of the show, not on the show who want to see the show they love so much change. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big deal. Um, the, when the na- the narrative started to change, when people actually started to speak out to the things that I've been talking about after um, the interview that I had with Chris Harrison, and you saw the contestants put out statements and everything, and then everybody kind of just started to speak up and say something. So I think that was a big deal, and I think that's why things have changed. Are people still speaking out? I don't know. As a coworker said to me, you know, you've been taking the brunt. Of the the hits and the criticism, and certain people have run behind you completely unscathed. That was my question. I guess that's my to, question. Having, paved away. Having to not you know like step up when it's popular or when it's cool to do it, rather than you know stepping out there and standing for something that you believe in. So not running have, behind okay. me, behind me yeah. um, when it's easy. And I've seen that.
0: So yes, you've okay. Thank you. Yes, okay. I was wondering, well, I guess that was, I wasn't trying to ask ask that question, but you you got to my point. Oh, absolutely.
1: You've, again. Like, it's cool. It's cool. It was cool in 2020. It's like you were driving this
0: giant, like, snow plow truck. Yeah. Paving the way for, like, something that's never happened. There was this, all this kind of, this blizzard of, yeah, you Know lack of diversity, or whatever, and you're just like kicking the door down. And you're and then, and then you know, Bachelor Nation, their producers in the show were like, Oh, we'll do a little bit more. You're like, No, do more. You're still you, more, do more, do more. My
1: message never changed. And
0: uh, and then you left, and then you know, a bunch of peers behind you are just like, This is open I can road, ice
2: skate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: and and but but part of that, like when you're the first, that is what you do. It, and, and everyone looks at it as this beautiful thing. And it is, but it's equally hard. And I talk about this in the book. I saw my dad be the first in a couple of ways. So I knew how hard that can be because people are criticizing you. They're judging you. They're watching you like, like you're this unicorn or like, what is this, this person going to do? We've never seen them in this role before. Um, and a lot of times they're rooting for you to fail because it's something different and people don't like change. So I knew all of that. But it's just interesting sometimes to see that
0: take place. You did mention early on that your hope for this book was to potentially have people understand you better. Yes. That's something on for for different reasons, you know. Like, I'm always like, you and I are very similar that way.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We have our opinions. We have our thoughts. We like to be liked, but we need to get it out. It's it's we feel as though yes. and we can say it, and maybe it's our own hubris to say I can say it in a way that everyone will understand even mm-hmm. though we re- we know. And I've I've come to accept that like no matter there's a certain group of people, no matter yeah. what I say or how I say it, right. They have decided how they feel about me, right. And any energy I put into trying to change their perception of me is... A complete waste of my time mm-hmm. and and detrimental to my mental health. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like this book have was able to do that with any of those people, or are those those people like not even on like on your radar in terms of people who you felt maybe didn't really understand? Uh, who you were, or maybe that, it's, that you were hoping that they would see at least a little of themselves in you mm-hmm. um, so that maybe I'd like to relate to you better? Do you feel like you accomplished that or, or no?
1: The Bachelor clan, as I refer to them, I'm never going to get to. People who might in the middle say like, why is Rachel always complaining? Or, you know, like I read these clickbait articles and it seems like she doesn't get along with someone or she always has something to say. Maybe you can read the book and see it in a different way. Or people who don't watch the show who are just like, oh, that's that." Like, you know, first black bachelorette who went on a reality show. You can actually humanize me past being a reality TV star and get to know me a lot better. I hope my book reaches an audience that doesn't even watch the show. That's why I wanted to do a book of essays because each essay stands alone. It doesn't go, it isn't kind of in chronological order, but you can pick it up, jump ahead to bachelor stuff, go to stuff, you know, in college. Yeah, you
0: can.
3: Yeah, hmm?
0: you can. yeah that's, that's kind of how I
1: read it. Yeah, and I, and I
0: jump to the bachelor stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I definitely made sure I got to that part. Uh but no, you can't jump I jumped around. I look I looked at the chapter titles.
1: And- yeah, I wanted people a nation of double standards is one of my favorite chapters. I wanted people I wanted it to stand alone. I wanted you to be able to say, Hey, I can go back to this and maybe I can talk to my child about mental health or my friend or whatever. I can go back and talk to them about sex, religion. You know, it's it it's there are levels to it. It's not just a bachelor tell-all. And that was important for me to do because the ch- the, the title of this book was almost more than a bachelorette. But I wanted to do something more it's a than better, just… It's a better title. No.
0: No, no. A, this is a better oh,
1: title. Oh, I was like, yeah, this is a through line. Through. <laughs> I, I, I thought you said that more than a bachelorette. No, I said this. I wanted to detach from the bachelorette title. title but… The yes, thing, I'm so glad it's not. The subtitle could than a have been more than a bachelorette because yeah. I feel like I am. And you know how it is. We both were in our 30s when we came on the show. And a lot of people think our lives started the moment we walked out of that limousine.
0: I wonder even the witch, you, hey, one of our favorite podcasts out there cuz we're fascinated with the rich and famous and the story of Patty Hearst is no different. We've all been found kind of, you know, the, everyone loves a good kidnapping story. The Stockholm syndrome is a real fascinating thing and the story of Patty 19-year-old Patty Hearst, who was abducted and kidnapped and ended up robbing a bank with her abductors. What a crazy story. But who's to blame? What's the truth? Your lovable and wonderful hosts of Even the Rich break it all down and give you the detailed story of Patty Hearst. Follow the Even the Rich on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or anywhere you want to listen to podcasts. You can also listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in their Wondery app.
1: Yeah, so people think that our lives started that day. And so I wanted people to realize it didn't.
0: You take uh, being friends with uh, the opposite sex head out in this book. Yeah, I'm uh, a firm
1: believer in being friends with the opposite sex.
0: Yeah, I'm not disagreeing at all. But do you? what are the main takeaways, do you think? like What are the things you need to be most careful of when doing that? specifically yeah. also being in a romantic relationship.
1: Right. Totally different if you if you don't have someone. Because like,
0: whatever, if you're not.
1: Right. I think it's just, I never want to make my significant other feel uncomfortable. Like, you hear me talk about this person, but I'm never bringing my two lives together. And so, and, and in the book, that's kind of what was happening when I when I dive into that essay. I I grew up with so many guy friends and I, I talk about some of those relationships and what I learned, a hard lesson is, if you want to continue that relationship and it's important to you, you don't need to hide that from your significant other. I have now since made sure that my guy friends are great friends with Brian in this case, and he knows them just like he would any of my other girlfriends. So I just think it's keeping the line of communication open. And then just being respectful. You know, back in the day, I used to like spend the night at my guy friend's house. Obviously, I would never do that now. But Mm -hmm. there was a time where I couldn't see anything that was wrong with it. I was like, what's the big deal? We're not doing anything.
0: Even when you had a partner.
1: Even when I had a partner. I was like, what's the big deal? We'd sleep in the same bed. What's the problem? He's not doing anything. Like, immature. So you evolved. Yes, I have evolved. But I'm so big on having—I learned a lot from my guy friends. I learned—the fact that I grew up with— around guys and, I, and I, I hung out with them. I feel like I learned how men would think. I would hear how they would talk about other women. Sometimes that was good for me. Sometimes that was bad for me, but What well, yeah. was the
0: thing that you learned the most? Well, men, gossip, w-
1: men gossip way more than women. That, more? Yes, that I definitely learned. But I would hear them talk about them in, as if they were things and not humans. And this is when we're younger. So, you know, conversations have changed a bit. And that was like, wow, is that how men talk about me? The guy that I like, is that how he talks about me? They were so open about the intricacies of their relationship that I I was like, oh, this is really shocking. But it let me know. Were all
0: your guy friends like that or just some?
1: Some. But my close ones. Your close friends. But maybe because we were close. Yeah. And so maybe that's why they were sharing that. But I would see them share that with another other group of guys that just happened to be there. But this is also like, I'm talking teenager, early 20s. The conversations aren't like that now.
0: What part of your book, when you talk about The Bachelor, mm-hmm. um, was talking about Peter very therapeutic for you? Because I feel like, mm. I feel like you were went into detail because as you, you wrote about people even to this day have some strong opinions about what they think your intentions were and right. despite you being there and despite them conveniently complaining about the edit when it serves what they want to see in the show yeah. they they can't let go sometimes and even me reading that part was was eye opening and even though i knew like i've always obviously believed you right um and, and kind of when it came up, would be like, this is ridiculous. Of course, why? Right. Of course, she's a big prime. Right. But yet, if you
1: know anything about me, I would settle for nothing.
0: But, but it, it, uh, it was a very detailed description of, of those events and conversations yeah. you guys had on the show and in the fantasy suite specifically. I loved how you, when you asked them the question about, listen, if I don't pick you and they asked me <laughs> the bachelor, would you do it? And uh, that wasn't therapeutic to get that out I'm asking.
1: Well, it wasn't thera- it wasn't therapeutic but it was necessary for me because in bachelor nation people just have selective hearing for some reason. And so I think the reason people have such a hard time with me saying you know, when I, when I say I didn't settle for Brian and this is how it really was, is because they think that I'm dismissing the feelings that I had for Peter. And if you read the book, I've never done that. I've always said I had strong feelings for him. I've always said those tears were real. I've always said I threw all of my emotions into that moment because I knew it was it for me. And in the book, I go into why that moment was so emotional for me. And I I, I build you up to that point, but I've never denied how much I really liked him on the show. But for some reason, people act like I'm like, oh, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, I've I've never… We've had this conversation when with your season, right? We talk… I hate when people try to have like change the narrative of like, oh, I really wasn't into them. No, I've always been very honest. Either I was or I wasn't. No. But it wasn't it wasn't therapeutic, but it was necessary for me. And I was hoping that when you saw me talk about other relationships that I've had, then you understand why I made the decisions that I did with Peter. You understand why that was hard for me. You understand what my thinking was in that moment. Um, but I, I, no, it wasn't therapeutic. Okay. It wasn't.
0: Maybe it was therapeutic for me.
1: Oh, maybe. Reading well, it. good. That's I what I, like, I wanted people to understand I was like, that okay, situation yeah, better. Uh,
0: this is some tea, you know. You really There's, lawyered them up in the fantasy suites. I
1: lawyered well, everybody up, but I only had three fantasy suites. I had a legal pad. I had questions. It was a… Uh, it was a real thing for me because I knew, and I say it in the book, I knew America was going to be obsessed with Peter. Before there was a Tyler Cameron, there was a Peter Krause. And they were. And I just knew it. I just knew how they would, because I knew how I felt about him. And I knew how um, he could walk into a room and, you know, like it, it, what my feelings were. And so I was like, the moment people see him and he's was very humble and he was a nice guy from the Midwest. And I was like, oh, they're gonna fall for him like crazy. So it was important for me to have those conversations as well with him to see what his reaction was, to see how he understood it, to see if he was going to buy into what I was saying and how he would answer a question of would you be the bachelor? People were mad about me. I did get some pushback about that. Like people were a little upset yeah that I asked him if he was the bachelor. Why? you know how he would respond it's like well of course everybody's going to say yes to being the bachelor you know like
0: no but it's how he answered it's
1: it. how he answered the How's, question and then i found had, out later he first
0: pretended he would not be interested he gave the i you know like you like i remember being on Andy and Caitlin season mm-hmm. and i and i and it's so long ago and neither of them asked me that question but i would have immediately been like I'm not interested. Right. Flat out. Because I was so like locked in. And Did, the way you describe it, he was just like, well, I don't think I would. And then he goes, I mean, well, if they, I have a number.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, he, had a number. I, he had a
0: number. He
1: had a number. He thought it out. I don't remember if I've ever told you this and I can't remember if I put it in the book, but I remember when I was on your season, Um, I had just come back from hometowns. So and we had a good hometown. So it was like on a high. And my mom called the handler because there was an issue with my dog. And so they made uh, her put the phone on speaker. And so she's like, what are you going to do with copper? Blah, 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 blah. And right before she got off, she goes, well, you need to figure out what you're going to do with copper because the rumors are that you're going to be yeah, the bachelorette. took your phone or something. And, I w- and then she snatched the phone. And I remember being so upset because I thought, does Nick think that? Is Nick going to think that I'm just trying to be the bachelorette? Because it wasn't even a thought in my mind at the time. And so I just...
0: Was thought in my mind,
1: but it wasn't in my. But it wasn't in mine. Like I really liked you, and so I was just like, "Oh my gosh, does he think I just want to be the Bachelorette?" That's so untrue. And I got so upset when I was talking to my handler about that. So that I guess is why what I wanted him, how I wanted him. No, to I respond. get it. Yeah. because if you're all in, you're not thinking about that until you have to think about
0: it, that. I mean, you got to give him credit. He was bizarrely honest with you.
1: It just. It was weird. Yeah. It was just such a weird moment. And then when it was like, I heard the number and I was like, okay, they're going to base it off of how much yeah. money you make.
0: And then he so. goes, why not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I learned that he was like having these conversations with other people, with like producers, asking questions about what happens if you win, like the co- whose couch you get to sit on and who, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You mentioned that you wish they would have aired your fight with Vanessa.
1: I Well, in hindsight... I mean back then I did. Now I now I don't.
0: You you're glad they didn't.
1: Well now I see how the at the time I had no idea how the audience would respond. Yeah. I it didn't cross my mind that they would favor Vanessa over me, that they wouldn't hear what the argument was, or the points that were made. Because at the time, I was like, I made good points. I told, I, you know, like, I said what was true. There was no pushback. Like, let it air. Let the people see. And I remember being pulled to the side. and we're like, we're not going to air that. That's the, that'll never see the light of day. And I was so upset at the I just, time. I just,
0: and, well, you guys fought, and St. Thomas was the first one.
1: With our words, guys. I didn't With put hands words. on anybody. When I, was,
0: when I was getting choked by Jasmine.
1: No, we didn't. We didn't fight in Saint Thomas.
0: Yeah, that's just when she first pulled you aside, and she wrote me a note on
1: the plane. I don't even think I have ever said this before. She wrote me a note on the plane, like, "Can we have a conversation, or we need to talk, or something like that?" Or are you do you like I me? I remember or something t-
0: like- literally taking Jasmine over to this picnic bench, about to send her home, and I remember, like, I think Vanessa pulled you. You two were talking over on the beach. And I don't know if it was a big fight yet, but it was like it was. Was the this
1: the f- volleyball date?
0: It was that group date.
1: At the volleyball date? That night. Oh, that night. do you remember how mad I was that yeah, night? No, so I, know. I don't remember anything. She probably did pull you the. You guys like by.
0: talked and it was like it was the first it wasn't the big blow up in Bimini. No, it wasn't. But it was
1: it must have just been a cordial conversation. Because I was going I, don't even home, I was, was that, gonna go home that night.
0: I don't even remember it was that cordial because I just remember being like, Stop doing this, Vanessa. Um, I
1: don't even remember, to be honest. I was so remember wrote, I, I was trying to go home. Yeah, sure, like, let's talk. It was, it was nothing really happened until we had the argument in Bimini.
0: Yeah, and I re- I, I, remember being told that you guys were fighting.
1: Yeah, well, that's funny. Yeah, we. but they set us, they made us sit and talk with each other. It was like, I'll never forget. I was sitting on the couch. Like, you're going to sit on the couch. You're going to pretend you're reading. She's going to tap you on the shoulder. And at the time, I was like, well, why does she get to tap me on the shoulder and make it seem like she was the bigger person? Do you know why see? they
0: had you do that? Why? Well, my theory would be, okay because when they're filming that show, is like, they always just, like, they were like, we're never going to use that, because they had an idea of what they thought was going to happen. They mm-hmm. thought I was going to pick Vanessa, they thought they are, are hoping to make you the next Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. But, things change, who knows, like, I could have changed my mind, and had I, just said, guys, it's Rachel, or guys, it's Raven, you know, I've, I've something happened in the fantasy with Vanessa, and I, I don't feel the same at all. Like it would have changed. And had I not picked Vanessa, her edit would have been extraordinarily different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) then they would have aired it. I think, and you would have looked like a queen.
1: I don't think so.
0: No, you wouldn't have been. I don't think, as I mentioned earlier, like no one, no one wins a hundred percent, you know? Someone might win the fight, but you still have 30 people taking the other side, so yeah. to speak. And so, yes, you would have had your critics if for another reason, the same reason you've had critics when you're like, how could people not take my side when Hannah Brown's saying the N-word? And I'm just saying that's not okay, you know?
1: <laughs> or, or I do an interview and somehow
2: I'm a mastermind at making people say yeah. certain things. You so know? I,
0: <laughs> I feel you on that. But I, I, I definitely think you would have had a in your corner.
2: Should we start with Masked Singer? Ah. Go so, ahead. okay. So, for context for everyone, the Masked Singer show on Fox is a show where celebrities compete in a very elaborate costumes on a singing show. And as they are eliminated, their identities are finally revealed. During taping, it was revealed that Rudy Giuliani, who was a former personal lawyer to Trump and also um, involved with the events of January 6th, was one of the contestants on The Masked Singer and one of the hosts Ken Jong walked off joined by Robin Thick. What do we think about that? Also, Rachel, very curious like as someone who's been a host and been in many performance situations, <laughs> how have you what do you think about like the blend between like personal ideology and sort of I guess professionalism as it relates to duties Ooh. as a host?
1: Rudy Rudy Giuliani is a big fat no. I don't even understand why how this like made it
4: through. Are
0: you, you know?
1: surprised? Yes, yes. I, I, it's it's different though, because because my show's on Fox. There's a difference between that and like Fox News. It, there really is. Fox Sports is like its thing. Fox News, and then there's Fox, like what extra is on. I'm so he is still extremely controversial. He's been, you know, subpoenaed to testify. He's admitted that he lied to millions and millions of people and put out misinformation in regards to the election. So it's like why are we even interested? And then let's not forget what he did on um what did he do with Sasha Baron Cohen's movie? Let's not even forget oh, that. The Borat
2: subsequent Borat Thank movie you. film.
1: He is so Disgusting. Like, nobody wants to see that. Keep the mask on and go away. I, I, I just, I just, who thought this was okay? This isn't the same thing as Sean Spicer. It's like not even in the same realm. Like, do we even like him? I uh, don't even uh, know if Republicans like him at this point. I think, I, yeah, I, I don't.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. The cynic in me, knowing it's a mass singer. Okay. So, usually it's not like, uh, say, Dancing with the Stars or American Idol, where uh, you, you watch these people. You get to know them. You root for them. It's this masked celebrity you don't even see until the very end. And I actually, my friend, Rumor Willis, was on the first season. I got to go watch a taping. Mm-hmm. And even the people who watch have to wear masks because you don't, they, you can't, their friends or family can't be seen oh. be, to give it away. Very cloak and dagger. And yet, this story was leaked before the season has even been aired.
1: Never has happened before. I, I, it does, it hasn't.
0: And the cynic in me just feels like this is, is all PR. And sure. it's not accidentally leaked. And I so agree with you. So do you
2: think you. Ken was in on it in that case? I... I don't think the judges were in on it.
0: I I I, I... I... I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt that the... It wasn't performative. You know, sometimes... Yeah, like... In reality TV, we know that the hosts can be very much intimately involved with production. So who knows? But uh, knowing that the story leaked, it makes the whole thing feel more disingenuous to me. Just because they're so cloak and dagger about information getting out. Rudy Giuliani, everything that Rachel said is true, and the guy literally was involved in the potential takeover of a country. Which is like, but you know, the cynic in me also is like, I'm not shocked that, you know, they clearly did it for the buzz. People will tune in and watch now.
2: Can you think of anybody who's more likely to break an NDA than Rudy Giuliani? Like for a show that is supposed to be secret. Like that man runs his mouth like it is no one's business. And
0: and the cynic in me thinks they knew exactly whoever they are knew exactly what they were signing up for.
1: I, I, I think that It's definitely a PR move, but I think in the sense that I personally think that once they saw the reaction from Ken and Robin, that they leaked it. But I think when they saw how strong of a reaction they had, they were like, oh, this didn't go over quite as well as we thought. And I think they leaked it before people saw it on their television screens just to prepare you like, okay, so just so you know, this is coming. But like, ew, ew. And if you talk to anybody who's been on that show, it is extremely secretive.
2: Absolutely. Should we jump to the next one? Sure. Okay, so I'm sure there will be updates between when we have taped this and when this airs, but there's been a lot of back and forth between Kim and Kanye. Most recently, (sighs) there was the controversy about Kanye on his Instagram calling out Kim for letting their daughter North be on TikTok. What do we think about, one, sort of the way that this feud has transpired and the back and forth between them, but then also how do we feel about like the privacy of celebrities and their children? And how does that change kind of any kind of conflict or dynamic when you add kids into the mix?
0: If you are parents who are separated and you have kids together and I'm not married and I don't have kids with someone I'm divorced with, so maybe it's easier said than done. And I recognize there's complications. You would think that would fall under the things you should agree on. Um, I, I do sometimes think sometimes people make a bigger deal of it than it is. Mm-hmm. Like there's plenty, you know, if a parent doesn't want to put their kids on social and I've seen, especially like celebrity parents will like, if their kids in the picture, they'll put like an emoji over their face or something like that. If they want to do that, that's fine. I don't think the parents who don't do it are any lesser of parents than the ones who are doing it. Like, I don't think there's a, Oh, you don't do that. You know, you don't, you don't protect your kid's identity. Like, I think it's to each their own. He
2: also says, uh, the exact quote was like, this is my first divorce, so I don't know how to like, get my child off of TikTok (sighs) against my will, which is like very shady being like my first divorce at Kim, divorce number three. Like,
1: first of all, I find the whole Kim and Kanye thing extremely exhausting. Like, I can't even imagine being the like Kim in this situation because Kanye keeps you know, like bringing all this attention to their divorce and their children and just everything around it, you know, making videos saying I can't come to the birthday party, but then having this very public fake relationship with Julia Fox. And it's just, it is so, I I, I could care less. But what I will say is that it's hard for me to say, okay, Kanye, you're so concerned about your child, North in particular, being on TikTok, but didn't you say in front of a whole crowded audience, that there was a time when abortion was being considered in regards to North. He cried and said that in front of an audience when he was on his tour when he was running for president. Like he cried and and, ta- and spoke about that. and that, So he exposed. So yeah, he put that out yeah. there. Not that it was ever being considered, but he, it was like, I guess, a com- like he put Kim's business out there in regards to North. North can Google that. She can find that. You But you want to get on her for being on TikTok when you have put family business out there. He's got just,
0: selective privacy concerns.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's, it's exhausting. I can't, I
0: cannot. Kim. And I'm not like, I don't follow the Kardashians as much as say maybe other people might do. But I think, we Like, both Kanye and Kim have been accused of doing things for publicity.
1: And they both do.
0: Yeah. And so, when something like this is happening, mm-hmm. which is very personal and very mm-hmm. intimate, and a- any parent who has been divorced, I'm sure, can relate even to Kim and, and Kanye, who are two of the most unrelatable people in the world.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Where, where are we able to, like, decide when one or both or neither are, oh, this is this isn't for publicity, this is genuine versus like, you know what I'm saying? Because so much of what they do is
1: It's for attention. For
0: attention. Even the appearance of covertly. Like sometimes they they're like, oh, they're like they're they're wearing t shirts and say, give me attention. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's more like, oh my God, I didn't know you guys would be here. Kind of yeah. attention. And so it's kind of like with them it's how
1: i would how, say kids how, how do you know i would say kids draws a line and i kim has put out a statement in regards to him coming out and you know talking about tiktok uh, north being on tiktok and i i read it and i was like i get it i get it like she talks about how she has her own tiktok because it's a way for her to be creative and she monitors it and most of north's tiktoks kim's right there with her so i i just i feel like that's where the line
2: is being drawn is I believe her on a slightly lighter note, but still related to kids. Of course, Rihanna is pregnant and she's expecting her first kid with ASAP Rocky. It's going to be a sexy kid. With oh my the my most gosh, gorgeous yeah. kid and ever to live. But
0: just like sex, like ASAP Roxy, <laughs> A$AP, Roxy A$AP Roxy, is sexy. He's like.
1: No, very, very
2: handsome. I like went to his concert handsome. and I was
0: like, that's a sexy motherfucker. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I was like. Mm-hmm.
2: It's affecting. And then there was also, you know, in other pregnancy news is this. From the past, but Nick and Priyanka. And so I'm curious, like with celebrities and as people who are public figures and appeared on a reality show, there's a certain degree of like implied consent of you put yourself in the public eye. And so therefore we have a right to discuss matters of your personal life. With kids... There's not that same amount of consent or it's only happening through parents. And so I'm curious, like what you think in general around how like Nick and Priyanka were able to keep their pregnancy entirely secret. And part of that was because it was surrogacy. But what are your thoughts on kind of kids right to privacy and like parents right to assert that? It's kind of hard in Bachelor Nation.
0: Yeah, it's hard. because Well, Bachelor Nation because, has monetized babies.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's kind of hard. To, you've seen
0: it a lot. I mean, it's funny, <laughs> and I know it's true, and I'm not even knocking it because I can't even say that I won't do it. I don't know. But people are naming kids... I guarantee you everyone in Bachelor Nation is having a baby, is going on Instagram when they're thinking about names and being like, is this available?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a thing. So, I mean, and it's been controversial in Bachelor Nation because some people think that Bachelor people exploit their children just a little too much. I don't really, I'm not of that belief. As their parents, it's their right to navigate that situation the way they see fit. And I guess that's just how I look at it. I don't know how I be how I'll be. You ask me now, and Brian and I are kind of pretty private already. And I feel like I'd be that same way about my child. So I, it's to each their own. Yeah, you know, kind
0: of and like t- with the, like, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think there's like a right way and wrong way. I, whoever, same.
2: It's also crazy because we're learning about this in real time. Like I think about how I got Instagram at some point, like probably in high school. But we're having this first wave of kids where their parents all have Instagrams and they're doing birth Mm -hmm. announcements where who they have this presence on social media from day one.
0: Yeah, I I'm more concerned as a hopeful parent, not about um like if I'm gonna put my kid on Instagram, like I'm not gonna cover their face with an emoji. Like I mean, yeah, there's crazy people out there. I might do that actually, (laughs) And, and if you want to, that's fine. I'm more concerned with. Um, uh, formative years two, three, 4, four is the four is the year you be either become a narcissist or you don't those are when is nar- that true? yeah that's a it's a it's, very, it's a narcissist like at 4 kids i've learned this from darlene uh have the awareness of like it's all about them 4 year olds and then at like 5 or 6 they learn about like there's it's not just about me and then they learn about rules and and boundaries and things like that and I would be worried about the like constantly having my kid taking pictures and like what is my kid observing about us and and their own identity that's what I would be most concerned about Mm -hmm. like their own narcissism and 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 that that would concern me and that's something I'll be mindful of
2: for and just like that there is most recently Sarah Jessica Parker was quoted saying she doesn't Necessarily want Kim Cattrall to return. It's unclear if that would even be a matter. I if don't want there would even like be a
0: season return. two. Yeah, and I feel did like they
2: confirm season two? I don't think it's completely moved. unconfirmed. There's rumors. <laughs> it's like just it's a topic of discussion. It but. was
0: brutal. It was brutal. We all hated it, right?
2: It was awful, but. They, it can only go
1: up from here. It can't yeah. get worse. <laughs> the bar is on the floor. The bar is on the floor. And of course, Sarah, could just, Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker doesn't want Kim Cattrall to come. I do. She would be a star. Oh my gosh. A she scene, would save it. She already save was it. a scene stealer. She would save it. People are, it's created this buzz even more so. The fact that she's not there, people desire her to be a part of it even more. Yeah, there's nowhere. I I watched it throughout. I hated every minute of it, be, partly because I kept thinking it was going to get better. And it never did. So surely season two. It's like the bad boyfriend you keep
2: making excuse for. It and you're and like, it was dark. He's going to pull it off this time.
1: Dark. I dark. I can go all into it. It's just stop trying to rectify what you did before we watched it. Maybe it was problematic in some ways, but we accepted that. And that's what I wanted to see again. You know, like. I can say this as a black person. The way they were glorifying black people on the show, it was so forced, so extra. It was everything about it was extra. Everything From that to everything. Miranda it was made her a of Karen. It's just yeah, so bad. bad. I was. I always related to Miranda.
0: Yes, she was <laughs> the only person that like I liked at the end of it all until. <laughs>
2: Nick, do you consider yourself if you had to
0: tap 100% yourself, of Miranda?
2: Okay. And this to is Miranda's. why
4: we
1: get a, And that's oh, why I, <laughs> we, I, we know. She's Kindred the only souls, one who made sense ever. She's the only one who made sense.
0: We started this new thing like a month ago because I do that Ask Nick, which you've helped mm-hmm, before. Mm-hmm. We, started we love it, Ask Nick. We love. This is similar. Kay. It's mediation. Couples oh, call it. And uh, seeing <laughs> as that oh, we're not professionals, we, we, uh, we mediate.
1: So that means we can't have an opinion? We no, have we do. to. Okay.
0: Oh, okay. no. So far, mediation has been, well, we didn't really know what to expect, right? First, we were like, are guys going to like, come on?
1: Of course they are.
0: They have. Yeah. Um, and the guys always think they're going to get roasted. But so far, it's really gone really like positively where we, it's we haven't taken sides. This is, not like, this is not like Judge Judy where you're like, you're wrong and here's a oh, penance. Oh, well, we can't do that? Well, it okay. just hasn't happened yet. It can. I mean, if someone calls in and we're just like, well, yeah, you're you're definitely <laughs> Like, first of all, wrong. you're an idiot. <laughs> um, but it's been more of a... This is my point of view. How's it going, guys?
4: Doing well. How are you?
0: Good. What are your names?
4: My name is Kylie. I'm 28 years old.
3: My name is Tyler. I'm 25.
0: All right.
4: All right.
0: Who wants to start?
4: I'll start. So I wrote in because... Well, we've been together for five years. And we've lived together for four. We bought a house a year ago, have two dogs. So... We're in pretty deep. And okay. Are you had, guys
0: dating, engaged, married? Dating. Okay.
4: We've kind of had this reoccurring issue. So a specific incident was last Friday. I'll just like say the facts and no feelings involved. I work from home and he was off last Friday. So he came into the office, kissed me goodbye. and was like, I'll be back by 12. Okay. And I was like, okay, no problem. I'll, I'll see you then. And then it was 1.30 a.m.? 12 in the afternoon, sorry, okay. 12 PM. And then one thirty rolls around and he still wasn't home. I hadn't heard from him. So I sent him a text and I was like, hey, I have a meeting at two. Are you going to be home before then? And he was like, yeah, definitely. I was like, okay, cool. And then it was like one i I'm like, are you going to be home? He was like, yeah. And he just didn't show up till like 3.30. Mm. And this is just like a situation we deal with. It's kind of, and I wouldn't, I didn't even care that he was out late. I just want want the communication to be there.
0: This happens a lot.
4: Semi-frequently.
0: And then when you this happens, what do you say to him?
4: I usually get really upset and he like admits that he's wrong, but I it just keeps happening.
0: How do you when you when you say you get really upset? What do you mean?
4: I try to explain to him like I'm not neither one of us are very confrontational. So we have never like yelled, screamed, got into Mm -hmm. an argument like that. I usually try to explain to him why I'm upset and like how I have really bad anxiety. Like when you don't come home and you say you're going to come home, I'm googling car accidents oh. in our city, stuff like that. So I try to explain why I'm upset rather than just be like overly dramatic about and it. And
0: your anxiety is coming from a place of generally his safety or are you going down any other rabbit holes when he falls off the grid?
4: Um it's mostly safe safety, but I do get my mind down rabbit holes. If it's like, if it keeps going, like if he doesn't answer me within an hour, Mm -hmm. it just gets worse and worse and worse as the time goes on. And like, I obviously trust him, but something in my mind is like, you shouldn't. And then I just, I have all these crazy stories in my head and then I'm like, oh my God, one day we're going to have a kid and he's like, not going to be there to pick him up on time. And I just like spiral.
0: Okay. But he like, so when you do bring it up, he's just like, sorry, but that's as far as it goes. But he's apologized for the same thing multiple times now.
1: For years. Correct.
0: For years. Uh, And I'm assuming at this point, the I'm sorry is as frustrating as anything.
4: It is. And it's like, I, it doesn't mean as much to me and it's making me resent like when he goes out, Out, it's almost like I don't want him to go out because I know it's going to end up in a situation where not lies, but like he's not honest about what time he's coming home and I'm beginning to like resent his hobbies.
0: All right. If mm.
4: that makes sense.
0: It makes all the sense. It makes it makes <laughs> total sense. Now, uh, thank you for uh A. I I feel like I, I don't think you know the men here should get credit for doing basic things, but this is an audience of men mostly women, sure. and I recognize that my guess is you you came on, you are you are getting the frustration, so I just want to say Thanks for allowing this to happen. That being said, what is your story, sir? Uh, any holes? What's, what's your version of this and, and how do yeah, where do we go from there?
3: Uh, so there no holes for sure. She's, okay. uh, she's pretty spot on. Um, usually the scenario comes up when it comes to um, nights out. My nights out are usually few and far between. Uh-huh. So, I always feel a little guilty when it comes to going out, uh, and spending the night, especially when I'm out late, it comes to like,
0: hard, how hard is it to text?
3: The text isn't hard. It's not. And she does have my location, which is something that oh, wow. okay. maybe I, um, I over, I overvalue. Like I, she, in my mind, she's, I, she has my location. So therefore you
0: know what the text Right. Yeah. No, I mean so, I, I, I that makes dating. sense. I mean that's not everyone and not every couple does that. I don't I don't do that with Natalie. I don't do you and Brian no. share each other's locations?
1: Mainly because I don't know how. And we can we can <laughs> uh, talk about that later.
0: <laughs> um, but that's certainly you're offering a I know, here's my location. I and I'm assuming it's something you forget that you even done, but you have I think for a lot of, I think there's probably a lot of women listening wishing their partner shared their location. Actually, with them. no,
1: that would drive me crazy because Why? I because I think that I would obsess over it. I would constantly start looking at it because I have <laughs> the
4: access to. It. Do you do that, Kylie? Sometimes, if I if I don't hear back from him, I try not to be crazy, but sometimes I am. I don't think it's crazy. It's just it you have
1: access to it. Like it's yeah. there, and you know that you can, and so you do. How does it make you feel when you hear Kylie say that she gets anxious and, you know, she goes down into a dark place because you won't communicate with her where you are or your exact time you're going to be home? And obviously, this has been going on for years. So I'm very curious since you haven't changed that behavior, how does that make you feel when she says that?
3: It does make me feel incredibly guilty. Um, I'm definitely not proud or happy that she feels this way. And like when... She expresses to me usually the next morning how upset she is. Not a good feeling. So like her being upset and
0: why do you why do you think you're like forgetting? Is it like an absent mind in this? Are you like focused on your buddies you don't get to see? Like if you could offer an excuse, what would that excuse be? Other than like not giving a shit, because it doesn't seem like you don't give a shit.
3: Right, and it's not that. It's that somewhere deep down, I know that she doesn't want me to be out until two or three in the morning. Okay. And I feel like subconsciously, I'm feeding the I'll be home by midnight line. So she feels better about me going out in the first place.
0: So what if, and is he being, do you think he's right? Like if, if you were like, when are you gonna be home? And he was just like, you know what, babe, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna keep it real with you. I'm gonna let loose tonight. I'm coming home at three in the morning. Uh, I, would you say really go boring. have fun, or do you think yeah, you'd I, have an issue with that?
4: If it was a every once in a while thing, I would not care at all. I mean, whether he comes home at midnight or two, I'm going to already be in bed. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm. It seems
1: to be. I'm not. I'm not clear on this. Does he go out a lot or not?
4: No, he does not. It's just every. He goes out very rarely, but every single time he does it's like the other night, a couple of weeks ago, he's like, I'm going to go have two beers. I'll be home by 11. Or he said, I'll be home early. I promise you I'll be home early, which like, what does that mean to you? Me? Yeah.
0: Before like midnight. midnight.
4: Yes. Yeah. So he came home at one fifteen and woke up the next morning and was so proud. He's like, I told you I'd be home early. I was like, I don't care that you were out, but one fifteen is not early.
0: Nah, it's yeah, not. But, yeah, you guys, <laughs> it's... This is a classic case of overpromising and underdelivering. And then while simultaneously, like you are sleeping. And I guess I think the average person, yes, we'd all agree that before midnight would be early, but like I don't know. Got a lot of friends who think 115 is pretty darn early. So it is just a matter of perspective. What? It's
1: 25. Yeah, I mean you're 25.
0: At 25. 1.15 1:15 would, would be like an early <laughs> early night and yeah there there is that argument cuz like I hear you on the safety I hear you on the hey I'm an anxious person and when I can't get a hold of you I know what it's like to ruminate and get paranoid and and plant toxic thoughts in my head I I feel you there but the disconnect is like when like He's like, "Hey babe, I'm going to be home early." You assume before midnight, you go to bed. The next morning you realize he came over at 115. Why do you care in that moment? Like you weren't worrying. You were asleep, if I'm understanding correctly.
4: Yeah, it's just almost like an honesty thing. Like I can sense that he doesn't want like I know when he goes out, he has the intention to stay out to 1 or 2 but he tells me he'll be home at midnight because he thinks that that's what I want to hear. And I just want him to be honest. Like I really would not get yeah. upset if once a month, twice a month, he's like, hey, I'm going to go out. I'm going to be out till the bar closes. That's fine with me. I just want to him, him to be honest. I feel like I have. I mean, I think a few years ago when he was going out a lot, I would get mad because work is so crazy and we don't get much. We live together, but mm-hmm. we hardly ever spend time together. Mm-hmm. So there has been moments where like he's gone out and just him going out has made me upset. Yeah. And I think that's what initiated him like feeling like he doesn't want to upset me by going out.
0: So here's what I love about mediation. And and we're not there yet with this call yet is because this problem seems so simple. Right. And yet, clearly, it's not. And you, neither neither of you, like there's there's something more there. I don't know what it is. Like either, like yeah, maybe it's in the past when you first started dating. He was partying like crazy, or not because like the easiest solution is you're just like, hey, Tyler, you know he's going out. You don't even like stop ask. You you just kind of stop asking him. It's get home safe, have fun tonight. Meanwhile, if she does ask Tyler, you just say. I'll, I'll be probably bar time, but maybe earlier. I, I'm not sure, but I, I, guess, I, I guess I'll be home when I'm home. You're, he is an adult, you know. You trust him, right? He's, you know. There's a big difference between coming home at bar time or coming home at five in the morning. You know, like you don't need to be doing any of that. You know, you don't need to be doing. Well,
4: it. like Kylie, do you go out? Um, not really. Yeah. That's I do really, really like, like much that, of you my know, You know like. what I mean?
1: Like, that's, y'all, it sounds like what you like to do for fun or your interests are different. I don't mm, want to say you definitely. live two different lifestyles, but what you like to do, and maybe you do. Maybe you do. What you do for fun is is different. So because you don't…
0: But specifically, what they do for fun on their own time, on their own is, time. is different. Yeah,
1: what they do for fun on, the, on their own time. So it sounds like because you don't take an interest in him raging… I know you're not raging. I'm just kidding. Because she doesn't take an interest in you, you know, like you going out and doing, that's not her thing. I think it's, that's probably maybe the deeper, like it's a deeper issue because you can't relate to one another. What do you do for fun, Kylie? That's a loaded of question.
4: <laughs> like when he goes out, yeah, when he goes, when out, he what goes out, what do you do? I usually just stay home and watch TV.
0: Are you watching TV, enjoying it? Or are you waiting for him to come home?
4: Exactly. I feel like I definitely used to watch it to wait for him to come home, but I feel like I've been dealing with my anxiety. And since I've been on that journey, I've been better at not doing that. Have you ever gone out with him like late night? Okay. It is really weird, but not really like his friends all have girlfriends, but they always go out without the girlfriends. So like we've been together for five years and I've met some of his best friends like three times. It's a little weird. Well, it's thank more you, so, and, <laughs> and so you would you like asked? you yeah. would like
0: that to change, Kylie, right?
4: Yeah, like I enjoy. I don't like love going out drinking till two a.m., but I would wouldn't mind.
0: Tyler, like, I wouldn't
4: mind going with him.
0: Tyler, I love I love me a guy's night. Don't get me wrong, I love it, mm-hmm. but this is excessive. Why? Why isn't there a little bit more balance with your guy friends? and all of your girlfriends in terms of like going out, like doing dinners with the girlfriends Mm -hmm. or whatever, going out and then once in a while having the guys night. Like, why do you think there's such an extreme in that case?
3: I think it probably comes from only of the four uh, of the three friends that I usually spend most nights out with. Only one of them has a girlfriend who's even from around here. The other two live up. Okay. We're about an hour south of Boston and they they live up closer to Boston. So typically on a moment's notice or even on a week's notice, they're like not really reachable to get together for like an entire group with us and our girlfriends. So and it's kind of just been the culture of the group where we just don't.
0: Yeah, but cultures change. Uh, like I went to dinner uh, with four guys last night and Natalie she's a cool hang had great time you know like is, is it impossible that Kylie even when it's just and it, it's it's a balance right like we talked about a friend I have whose wife we can't stand because no matter what she's always showing up there is like no there's no such thing <laughs> I, don't, I don't care really yeah there's no such thing as guys night with her you know it's just <laughs> No matter what, like, and all the wives like certainly like to come out with us and be involved, right. but she—it's just ugh. But that's not what Kylie is suggesting here. But like, it, it, you know, you guys are—it doesn't have to be so extreme. Like, where's the right. balance in terms of like every once in a while? But like, could you imagine like going, Kylie? I mean, tell me how you'd feel. You're just like surprised. Hey, do you want to come out with us tonight and you guys have fun and. She, she she literally doesn't even know what it's like to hang out with you guys. Am I right here Kylie? Do you like kind of sometimes fantasy fantasize like where are they? What are they doing? Who are they talking to? It's like it sounds like it's one of those situations where like I yes, of course I trust my boyfriend but like uh, like you know.
1: You want to know what it looks like. I think you need to erase some of the mystery and just take her so she can see what it's like or you, Kylie, hanging out with one of the other girlfriends. I don't know if you do. I don't know if you're friendly, but, or even hanging out with your own, having guys' night, girls' night, like something else to distract you or just to, I guess, like take, I don't know, like put your energy into something else so you're not so fixated on what it is that he's doing.
0: Yeah. You're both, you're both doing like these extremes. Yeah. Kylie, you're just like isolating yourself even when he out with these boys. I don't know if it's like, do you have girlfriends or do you have a lot of friends or where are they? What's going on there? I'm not trying to put you on the spot there, but. Oh,
4: no, no. I mean, I don't have many. I don't have many hobbies, which I know is part of the problem. Yeah. I really should get out there and. For sure. Socialize a bit more. But I
1: relate to this because I am extremely, I'm an extroverted extrovert. And my husband is an introvert. And I am so used to like picking up and doing things and, and like. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go out and do this, and I forget that maybe I should invite him to this, you know. And I'm, and I've gotten this might be you, Tyler. I'm so used to him just like allowing me to do it and not really saying anything that I don't necessarily take into consideration how he might feel about not being invited, or I'm always on the go, and so I've I've had to learn to really consider either how that makes him feel, or to invite him, or to have our own separate date night. Or encourage him to go do stuff with his friends as well. Because he would just be happy if it's just the two of us at home majority of the time. And it sounds like, Kylie, that's you. So I think just having the conversation of, you know, like, what is it that you would like to see? Or what is it that you would like? And five years is a long time. And sometimes you have to re-ask yourself the questions because the dynamic of the relationship has changed. Whether it's living situation, career, COVID, quarantine, you know what I mean? So you just have to revisit and maybe I'm getting we're getting into the end of it at this I don't know if we're supposed to be resolving this at this point. But like maybe that's that's really what it is. You need to like Tyler, I can be you. So you need to tap into what Kylie wants and really not just hear her but understand how why she feels the way that she does. And just like simple changes could really make a go a long way.
0: Yeah, and and like I think to Rachel's point, Kylie, like there's nothing wrong with being an introvert. No one's like have all the friends you want or don't want. But yes, it's important in any relationship to have your individuality, like to have your things and your passions, things that make you feel inspired, that are outside of of your partner.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: That will make you. I mean, I think that makes us better partners to feel like. Our, you know, we still have our own identity. And, and I think sometimes in, in relationships, we will lose that because we become so dependent on our partners. And, and Tyler, yeah, just like, man, it seems like the simplest of things you could do to like avoid these conflicts with Kylie by like, one, just don't say things you don't mean, like, yes. step one, <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> so true. I'll, I'll take the heat early on, you know? I'll be home when yeah. I'm home babe. I'll be home when I'm home. Cuz you know what? You are an adult. You don't need a curfew. Like right? I don't you know, right. to say it like that, but um but truly like no one likes to have a, you know, I'm an adult. Like, right. what do you mean? I'm right. home at a... What, why do I have to be home at 11:30? I'll be sleeping. Like, do you but not trust me? But she's probably
1: like that because
0: Yeah, it's a it's a snowball you, yeah. of you both at, but at the same time. Like, it's a it's it's fucking weird that you've been dating for so long. You have these (laughs) bros and these buddies and she barely knows them and she's never been out. She doesn't even know what it's like. And even if your guy friends don't do that, ah, man, that goes a long way to just saying to your bro, and and I think most women, correct me if I'm wrong, if you know your your guy says, I'm taking my girl out tonight Mm -hmm. and guys, I'm not asking, she's coming. We're all going to have a good time. Be my friend, step up, make sure she has a great time. And like, does it, that doesn't have to be the new norm but every once in a while it could be fine and it's one of those things too like boy you probably get you might get more bro time because she's she'll just be like a little more chill you know a little little more unwound (laughs) less (laughs) angst it's like this great mystery of like what the fuck I wonder what they're fucking doing out there you know I wonder who they're talking to and
1: Kylie you have to speak up more and say how you feel you know like it's not nagging to say hey this is you know, I wish you would do this more or I'd like to do this or this is how it makes me feel. Because I think that both of you have become complacent in how the other is. You probably don't say a lot, Kylie. He keeps doing what he's doing and you've just gotten… It's almost like it's starting to build up this resentment yeah. towards one another. So, you know, if you can break that away, like, you guys will be golden. Just little things. This is this is <laughs> easy.
0: It is, but to your point, it's,
3: it's these things that… like doesn't feel like you could break up over this way more complicated it's true
1: because you haven't talked about it that's what it it just builds up and builds up you guys
0: are it's the extremes that you guys are living in yeah it's you're not you you haven't found any of your individual hobbies or you're not you're going out time the the only times that you're not waiting for him to come home is when there's something good on tv and like there's not always something that's sad.
1: That's it's sad. not that it's sad it's just it's again you're you're the dynamic of your relationship it's both of yours fault you sometimes
0: it's both of yours fault yeah, yeah. at this point and because I empathize with both of you but you know there's both things the good news is there's both things you guys can do to fix this problem it always sucks when the other one's like well whenever you're ready to fix this problem I'll be waiting like <laughs> yeah exactly I've I've I had that in a relationship. Sure. Well, I, we would, we went to therapy, and I was just did not like how. Well, like I mean, I was I was basically like, yeah, I'll go to therapy. And I was like, could you tell her to stop screaming at me?
1: No. <laughs> we know that's not you, Kylie. Uh, we know that's not. Like, so when you want, want to stop
0: screaming at me? I mean, yeah. I'm slightly exaggerating, but uh, <laughs> there's a. There's things you guys can both do and they also the solutions do seem relatively simple mm-hmm. for whatever reason you guys just haven't been doing it. Make her feel like you're going to choose her over your friends sometimes because there's a little bit of that. It's always like is it you know oh because the girls aren't the girl, other women aren't going out I can't go out. Yeah. And, yeah. See, and it think, seems like such so, so little can go such a right. long way in this situation.
1: And I think Kylie you need to find a little bit more of your independence and I think like that would go a long way too. No, I agree. That totally
4: makes sense. All
0: yeah. right. Was this, I don't know. Was this helpful? I always wonder.
4: I think that was helpful. It was. We definitely struggle communicating sometimes. So just being here and having to talk, I feel like it's a good start. Good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You guys got this. This is easy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we'll make it.
0: All right. Well, best of luck, guys. <laughs> I appreciate you guys calling in and uh, good luck with everything.
1: Thank, Thank you, you so appreciate much. Appreciate
0: all the advice. All right. Take Thanks, care. Thanks,
1: guys. Bye. Take care. Bye.
0: Bye. Rachel, thank you so much. Oh, um,
1: my pleasure to be here. It's
0: always good to catch up with you. Yeah, I'm glad I'm your favorite ex.
1: You are my favorite ex. So chapter. You and my dog.
0: Not to sound corny, but <laughs> I remember sending you home, and yes, I knew I was going to pick Vanessa. Then
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I had such a, a mutual respect for you, and I remember sending you home, and and I remember saying. I'll always have your back. And and I remember thinking, I really hope I become friends with Rachel. Aww. Like there was a sincere thought that like, and I didn't know if it was possible because, you know, I was yeah. going to get engaged to Vanessa. That might be weird. I didn't really know what's going to happen with you, but there was a sincere hope that we would become friends. And I feel like we are. I'm, and I'm thankful.
1: Me too. I am friends with, a few of my exes, and I prefer it that way because I feel like you've gone through something together in life, even if it is on The Bachelor. Um, but it's it's so funny. I knew I was going home that night. Like, I could feel it. I had, I'd, like, written a letter to Raven and all these things. But when you sent me home, it like really hit me. I was like, I'm not going to cry. Like, no, I'm going home. It is what it is. He's picking Vanessa. And then I was like, you started
2: talking. and I was like, oh, no. I
1: felt like I, I,
0: I, felt like I could always make, I felt like I could always, uh, we we had a, we had a nice, uh, like when you were describing your book, when I gave you the, the first impression, Rose, it really mm-hmm. took me back to, yeah. I forgot that I, I said, uh. I joked how you should go. You should just leave now.
1: But. Yeah, no, we, we, I'm glad we're still friends. Like this is, people could learn from us.
0: I hope so. It's always <laughs> a pleasure. Reactions. Good luck on the book. Please let people <laughs> know you. where they can find your book.
1: Um, You can get the book anywhere. You can go to my Instagram page, click my link tree and all the places that you get books. You can go to Penguin Random House's website and type in Miss Me With That. And you can also find the book wherever. But support um, independent bookstores.
0: Both a good read. For Bachelor and non-Bachelor yes. fans. Yes. Thanks for listening. Have a you know good week. Sending your questions at asknickercastmediac dot Cast with a K for your mediation calls. Uh, ask Nicks. Subscribe. All that fun stuff. We'll be back next week with the wonderful Taylor Thomason. See you later.